Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining me on the debut episode, the very first ever episode of You Know It's Fake, Right? The ongoing battle with the dirtiest four-letter word in professional wrestling. Um, I am Brian Breaker. I am your host. And uh, today's episode, of course, will be uh, featuring Jack Gamble, a good friend of mine. I've known Jack Gamble since 2009, so over a decade now. I feel like in a lot of ways we've kind of grown up together. Um, we'll, we'll dive into that in a lot in the uh, in the episode. But you know, I've known him for years, right? I mean, even when he broke in, he was brand new to the business. I was only a year, two two years in at the most. So we, we've we've really seen a lot of things happen. We've toured Japan together. Um, we've worked matches in front of WWE officials together. Um, but that's not necessarily what this show is going to be about. And, you know, since it's the first episode, I want to take a second to kind of give everybody a rundown of what this is. Pro wrestling, I've always said, is one of the most misunderstood industries ever. And, th- and what I mean by that is people I'm talking to right now, listeners of this show, probably get it. You guys understand the business because you're A, you're wrestlers, you're fans, maybe you're a referee, a ring announcer, whatever. Maybe you're even a podcaster, but you're someone who's invested time into the business. A lot of people aren't, though. They know nothing about wrestling, so they find out you're a wrestler, or you're a wrestling fan, or you're a referee, or whatever it is, What, however you're associated with this industry. Oh, really? That's so fascinating. I have all these questions for you. And I realized in my time, um, since I've you know been in the wrestling business, it's oftentimes just answering those questions. Those crazy, ridiculous questions of like, Oh God, here we go again. And what I've realized in talking to some of my friends is it's almost easier when someone's like, hey, are you a pro wrestler? It's easier to be like, no, and move on. And when I started talking to everybody, I realized we all kind of shared that sentiment. It's easier to to say that than to avoid this conversation I don't want to have. That's what I want to dive into with this show is why we like wrestling, but how we... How we get through it? How do we how do we navigate these waters? And every story is a little bit different. And you know, I'm I'm gonna you're gonna see format changes, I'm sure. And you're gonna see these interviews be different. Jack Gamble's episode one, episode two is not gonna be the same. Episode three is not gonna be the same. I've already got several interviews in the can. I got a lot more up that I that I want to record. And you're gonna see some familiar faces from Breaker and Bane's Power Hour, but you're also gonna see. Hopefully some new people that I've never podcasted with before. And yeah, I want podcasters. I want fans. I want referees. I want ring announcers. I want wrestling promoters. I want anyone who's ever been in any way associated with wrestling because we all have a story to tell. And that, to me, is what's so fascinating about this. Um, So obviously my debut episode had to be Jack Gamble. He's one of my best friends in the business. I've known him for years. And he was on episode two of Breaker and Main's Power Hour back in 2014. He's our first guest on Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. In fact, I'm pretty sure that day that we did that show in 2014 is the day that Jack Gamble and Bane actually met. 
which is pretty wild to think about how uh, how far things have come. We're you know rapidly approaching 400 episodes of Breaker and Bane's Power Hour, and so the interviews are no longer on that show. Now they're going to be over here, so it's a little bit different. But I think everyone will still be able to enjoy them. So I'm gonna stop flapping my gums. Well, for this portion anyway. And uh, I'm going to kick it over to Jack Gamble. But before I do that, how badass is that intro song, right? Like, tell me that's not badass. I, um, just to put over Big Bane for a second, before we kick it over to Gamble there, I know nothing about music. You know, I'm, I'm very, like I listen to my same songs and that's kind of what it is. So anytime I need a song for a show or a project I'm doing, which isn't too often, but... Bane's my go-to guy, obviously, because I know, again, I know nothing about music. With this, I'm like, I don't know. He's like, well, what are you, what are you looking for? And I'm like, something good? I don't know. And that old-school WrestleMania theme, to me, resonates. It brings my fandom in. It makes me excited for the wrestling industry. I love old-school music like that. Shot that to him, thinking you can put something over it like you did with Jeff and Scott for Fully Posable. Yeah, I can do that. And he absolutely knocked it out of the park. So I hope you guys dig it. I absolutely loved it. So excited for everyone to officially hear it. But now let's kick it over to Jack Gamble for the first episode of You Know It's Fake, Right? The ongoing battle with the dirtiest four-letter word in pro wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, we are rolling sound here in Casa de Gamble. Casa de Gamble, baby. Dude, this is like the what, second time we've recorded in your actual house. Uh, as many times as we podcasted. Right? Maybe more than that. Second time in this house. Right. Third time, I think, all together, though. Yeah. We're actually like in a... We're sitting on the couch. You're sitting in your recliner. This is a comfortable podcasting situation. I'm actually really enjoying this. Once you brought your stands out, I was like, oh, man, I can like lean back and maybe kick my feet up a little bit. I just yeah. don't want to get too far away from the mic. Right. Well, yeah, you don't want to be too far away. But, of course, everyone always thinks you have to be right on it. And... <laughs> This is Jack Gamble with the Sue Smooth Jazz. Right? <laughs> right. Yeah, Sorry, I kind of kissed your your, your your pop. The good thing we have the pop thing. Yeah. Because I'll wear a mask, too, if I need to. But. You got you to wear a mask. Yeah. got to wear a mask. Well, new podcast, first guest, man. Like, you were the first guest on Power Hours. This only makes sense, right? Oh, man, I was, I was so happy when you were telling me about it because, like, I'm always excited to do the podcast. And you're like, you're going to be the first guest. My first thought was... I was the first guest on Power Hour too. Right. Fantastic. It's kind Take of how that it Aaron had, Anders. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's how it had to go. Now, what's funny is do we start a Power Hour in 2014? That's insane. Is it not insane to, to even think about? Yeah, now as this as people hear this it'll be 2021. Right. So, it's been a very weird time um obviously this year, but just in podcasting, like what was your thought when I told you like, "Hey dude, I'm going to do a podcast. I want you to come be on it." I, I thought it was awesome because like I was I was kind of late to the party with podcasts. Yeah, um, people, I think a lot of people were. Yeah, a lot of people were like, "Oh, you, you listen to this one? Did you listen to this one?" I'm like, "I don't think I have that on my phone." And they're like, "You have an iPhone, right?" I'm like, "Yeah, that, then you do." And I'm like, "I don't." How much do podcasts cost? <laughs> right, right. I was yeah. like, I, I didn't get it, but then I started to get into you know the the Colt Cabanas and the Austins and all that stuff, and I was like, when you said you were doing one, I was like, "That's awesome. Yeah. Let's do it." And then you're like, you want to be on it? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> sign me up, man. Yeah, man. It was, it was it, obviously like, I'm never going to claim to know what I'm doing with this, mm-hmm. but it's been, it's been a learning process, but it's also super fun. The fact that I can like, I can like, I, I'm going to record my own show. 
I'm mm-hmm. gonna name it something different. I'm gonna do a different topic. I'm gonna talk to Jack Gamble about whatever, right? Because you know? it gave you your own outlet and right. your own your own license to do whatever you want. And that's what I always liked about them. It's just because I always thought, like, I think I toured around with doing one. And then I did like maybe two, and I'm like, oh, it's man, time consuming. It is time consuming. I, I wish I could do it more. Yeah. So I listen to yours and others, and I'm like, oh, I would have said this. Oh, I would have yeah. talked about this. But then when it's like, hey, you want to talk about something? I'm like, oh, no, man, I'm, I'm good. I got, I got, I got to go do this over here. Right. <laughs> it's an interesting thing. And, you know, I've seen a lot of people like, hey, man, I'm starting a podcast. I'm like, awesome. And, you know, do they always last? No. But because I think what happens is when you start it, it's fun. Cracking a gamble-wise. Oh, gamble light over here. <laughs> Hopefully that came across pretty loud. I didn't put I'm, it up to the mic this time. I'm sure it did, yeah. <laughs> but, um, well, the fact that I can hear it, the mic's closer than I am. Yeah, <laughs> right. I, I would imagine it came off pretty well. But, you know, a lot of people, I think, want to do it because it's fun. Yeah. And you do it, and it is fun. But then you realize, like, like for instance, for you, this week when I'm here... I'm going to record with you. Mm. I'm going to try to record with Dan Geyer. Try to record with Daniel Cross. Will I get all of those? I don't know. I'm going to try. Right. But for you, it's just, you do the one and you're done. And I'm done. Right. Right. To you, it's 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 damn near like a second job. Sure. Or a third. Because like, you want to make it good. you got to put in the effort and the work. And I didn't realize how much work it would be to do my own. I'm like, oh, I can talk for... 20 minutes to an hour let's do it and then it was I 20 minutes doesn't sound long but that it's not 20 it's not like 20 minutes when you're driving it's not like 20 minutes when you're at work on a break it's 20 minutes of your own personal time right and you gotta keep it going you can't just have dead air like right well the other day i was thinking you know because yeah. nobody wants to listen follow to me in the bathroom either. i'm gonna take a dump real quick <laughs> right. right it's an interesting it's an interesting thing but I, you know it's a, it's one of those formats too what, what i fell in love with it, the main reason i enjoy doing it i guess is because it is my thing, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, the thing with pro wrestling is I hear this statement all the time, like, I enjoy the time in the ring, nothing else I like. And that time in the ring is great if you're allowed to be you and do what you want to do. Right. The second I start telling you something that's like, okay, for instance, I don't know, if you're having a four-way match and you're <laughs> and you're thinking, man, we got four guys that can go, we can have a hell of a match, and the promoter's like, actually, no, we're going to do a gauntlet style and we have this terrible idea that's not going to get a reaction. Terrible finish. Like, dude, that match could have been so good. Oh, yeah. And we tr- we tried to make it. And it's not that it wasn't good. It just had a terrible finish. Right. And, like, we were, we, I think by the time of how we built that match, uh, long story short, how we built that match, the finish, like, if I would have went over, the crowd would have erupted. Yeah. But they had Elvis Eliar come out and squash me. In four seconds after I wrestled Michael Magnuson for about 10 and then wrestled you for about 15, they're like, oh, Gamble's got hope. Elvis comes out, Falcon's arrow, one, two, three. <laughs> like the crowd didn't. What's weird is it doesn't even sound good on paper. <laughs> no. And I understand. And here's the thing. If, if if I give you an idea on paper and I think it sounds good and it doesn't work, I'd be like, hey, well, that, that didn't work. You know, I'll be honest. Right. I thought it would. It didn't. But like that didn't even sound good on paper. No, and, like, and I tried to be like, hey, let's. How about this? What if we do a four way? We can still do that. That finish. We can still have Magnuson out of the ring. I hit a big move. Elvis pulls me out, throws me into the post. Boom! Falcon zero one two three. Same exact stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's a four way match. Oh uh, well, because number one, we can throw in a big dive spot. Right. We can throw in so many different fun things. But you he, know? I really, I really think this is gonna work. A gauntlet match. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, well, as, long, as long as I'm getting paid, man, whatever. And at the end of the day, that's where you're like, okay, whatever, dude. I mean, I'll, I'll do what you want. It's your right. show. But it's like, God, that sucks. Oh, it was so bad. And we all knew it. All four of us knew it. We all knew it, yeah. 
And, and that's where you're just like, well, okay, you know, whatever. And that I feel like that happens so many times in wrestling mm-hmm. where it's like you're doing it because that's what you're supposed to do, but it's like this is not at all what I want to do. Well, and I think like in the the bigger stages of WWE, I think that's where I would probably f- flounder a lot because like I love to wrestle and I love to be me and how I act just normally in the ring. But if they were like, this is you now, and they handed me this prepackaged person and I had to talk a certain way and wrestle a certain way, I think it would take all the joy completely out of it. Well, it would also it would take a lot out of it, if, especially if you're not buying in. Right. If and, I don't believe it myself. Right. Like if I were to say, "Hey, Gamble, I want you to be a clown. I want you to wear a clown costume and hair and the whole deal." I think you you would probably have fun with it and try, but it's not you. Right. And so it, it it's but it's also one of those things. that's like, okay, if you have Jack Gamble here, why are you making him be a clown? Why not have Eric Barker be a clown? <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Uh, kind of a joke there, but you know that's the, the thing about wrestling. So th- that leads us into what this new show's called. It's called, you know, it's fake, right? Um, which is a question or a statement we've all heard, oh, hundreds of times in in some form or fashion. Right. Uh, and I went through phases in my life where it's like I was like I'm just a fan, and it it, it kind of it boils me a little bit. I'm like how dare you say that? Mm-hmm. Or to even being a wrestler and the the questions you get, the statements you get, where you're just like. It's almost easier to not even tell people you do it because you don't want to dive into it. It's like I don't want to, I don't want to spend forty five minutes explaining to you what I do and you still not understand. And you still go, why? Yeah, it's like I, I just told you why, but why? Ah, I, this is what we do. I don't know. I don't yeah. know what else to tell you, man. And that's what's hard about it, right? Do you have any? Does anything come to your mind about like situations or stories where you're just like, oh god, here we go? Oh, all the time because. I, and I think any wrestler that's a professional wrestler that's been in the business for a little bit always gets the, oh, you're a wrestler. Did you do that in high school? Right. Uh, it's like, are you in college? And I'm like, I'm 31. No, I'm not in college. <laughs> so I have to explain to them, like, I don't do, like, collegiate wrestling. I do, like, TV wrestling. And that usually the very next sentence out of the mouth, oh, that fake stuff? Right. And I'm just like, uh It's entertainment. Right. And then... A lot of times for me, I read the situation. Can I explain it to the person? Is it going to be worth my time trying to? Or is it when they go, oh, that fake stuff? I go, oh, yeah, that fake stuff. Because it's it's easy. It's just not worth it, right? Yeah, because no matter what I say to them, it's not going to change their mind. No matter if I tell them how I've been injured or all my sacrifices or how my friends have been injured or people have lost their lives in the ring, they're like, oh, still fake. It's like, whatever. Like, yeah. I'm not even going to waste my breath with you. And that's where it's easier to just, and as you know, when you are a pro wrestler, people find out, and it comes up. Oh, yeah. Because I get it. It's it's not a profession that's like, oh, you're a wrestler? Okay, whatever. Like people, I don't think anybody's ever said that to me. Right. Like, it always is like, really? It, yeah. It's almost like you see them kind of perk up. Huh. And I think a lot of it is because they don't understand. Right. They don't know wrestling. And, and. And so, immediately, it's like, I got so many questions. And you're just like, you know, it's it's almost like that dreading, here we go. Right. And it's like, I'm I'm more than happy to answer your questions and talk to people about it. But uh, it's not an argument. Like, you're asking me questions. I'm explaining them to you. And you're like, well, no, that's not how it's done. It's like, then why are are you even asking me? Like, I'm confused now. Like. Like I said, there, there's some people that just, just they don't get it, and they, they never will because they don't want to. They don't care. To them, it's fake, and they're done because, like, you can hit them with, 
well, you know those Marvel movies you like? Right. Those are fake. And they're like, well, that's different. It's like, it's really not. It's the same thing. They just get to cut. Yeah. And we don't get to cut. Ours is live action. Maybe the difference is, like, it doesn't say, here's Mark Calloway as The Undertaker. Right. You know, it says, you know, The Undertaker or or, or whoever. And, and and I know that there's a there's an interesting thing where you have someone like um, like like Randy Orton. That's mm-hmm. his shoot name. Right. But he's playing the character of Randy Orton, right? Like, the character is a real-life version of him, but it's not him as a human being. Right. So in and wrestling, I think, unfortunately, does this too. They blur their own lines, which, like you know, a good example. 1997, Stone Cold Steve Austin gets dropped on his head, temporarily paralyzed, basically almost breaks his neck, can't wrestle for a few months, while he basically recovers, even though he's still pretty messed up. Right. The whole time he's still on TV. The whole time he's still giving stunners. He's just not taking bumps. So the average person's like, hey, he didn't break his neck. He didn't break his neck. That's fake. And it's like, but he, he, he did. Watch he did. the video. They he have did. They have like the video of the surgery of them fixing yeah. his neck. You can tell he's messed up when he lands. <laughs> right. His arms curl up weird and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like. And he just dude's lays messed, there. Yeah, the dude's messed up. It's That's what I think is so astonishing about pro wrestling is because it's as open as the business is today. And as much as they say it's entertainment, mm-hmm. there's still that mindset of like, oh, it's fake it's fake yeah and i get people that would be like well it's predetermined i'm like okay so is a bunch of other stuff like we knew somebody knew thanos was gonna lose right and they're like well it's different i'm like i don't see how it's different like again and i go back i've said this before but like people say it's scripted i'm like well it's not scripted yeah it is i'm like i've never been given a script i've never been given a script well it's choreographed i'm like it's not choreographed have me and you ever choreographed a match no Never. We just go out there and... Well, we may talk some things over. Right. But, like, if you say, I want to do this, or I'm going to do this, you know that I know where to, I need to be, I know where you're going to be, and we just do it. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna dive. Catch me. Okay. Like... Well, it's, so, it's, it's, I'm not going to be like, okay, where should I be standing? <laughs> right. <You know? laughs> right. Like, I wonder it's, where he's doing this dive at. Right. And, like, yeah, I may know the way you're going to do it, mm-hmm. and I know the way I need to catch you, but here's the thing. Stuff happens all the time. Oh, absolutely. And there's those slight little... And I'm sure there's times when you've been... Any wrestler can say this. You've been shot off the ropes and you don't know what's happening. Mm-hmm. And, and you have to figure it out. It's like, I'm running into something. <laughs> right. And, and you know, that might be a thing where I I grab you and I pick you up. I say, super kick me. Hmm. And you're not even sure what I'm... Like where I'm going to be, I set you down. All of a sudden, I turn around. And you're like, there it is. Yep, bam. Yeah, and it's, it's like you you know, right? But it may take your brain like a second or two to process. Okay, where are we at? Bam, there it is. Well, what are we doing? Oh, well, you're talking about like dives and stuff. And it's like people go back to it's fake. If you go onto my Instagram page at Jack Gamble HLE, always got to plug the socials. Absolutely. Uh, there was a match I did. I believe it was. I don't know. It was either in Fenton or in Lynn, Missouri. I did a 450 to uh, Dave DeLorean, and I've done 450s for a while, but like that time, I want to say it was after the car accident, so it was like one of the first 450s I'd done. Probably nervous, right? Oh, yeah. And I overshot, and I landed more on my arm, and pretty much from my wrist to my pec turned purple. And I thought I broke my arm, and they went and x-rayed it, and they're like, no, it's just probably strained really bad. And I'm like... What do you mean by probably? Like, yeah, you're a doctor. <laughs> I need to know why I can't lift or bend my arm. And they're like, just rest it. And I'm like, I, I, oh, okay. 
So yeah. does that mean since you gave me no answers, I don't have to pay you? <laughs> right. No, there was still definitely a bill. It Always. Because it was an urgent care bill because it's a Sunday. Right. Because so. you wrestled Saturday night. Yep. And, and then again, this is coming off of a terrible car wreck. Right. The fact that you're in the ring is kind of an anomaly in itself, right? <laughs> yeah. you, you do this, and I'm sure your payday that day definitely covered that doctor bill. Uh, my payday maybe bought me and my wife and kid dinner that night. Right. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. And and that's the part that's very real, you know. And, again, it's it's one of those things where, you know, things happen all the time in the ring. And that's not even like saying, like, oh, it's accidental stuff. I mean, dude, I've been clotheslined hard. I've been kicked in the face. You know, and that's just. Chopped in the throat. <laughs> sure, I've been given a splash where it's like, oh, you know, a guy kind of squishes you, like. That's just par for the course. It, to me, there's a difference between being hurt and being injured. Yes. Hurt is pretty much every match. Oh, to yeah. To some degree. Oh, yeah. And it might not be that night you feel it, but when you roll out of bed Sunday morning, you're like, uh, oh, God. <laughs> getting too old for this. Yeah. And, and that's the part that's always kind of just baffled me when people, I guess, don't see that. I'm like, if you want to know perspective, lay down on the mat. And let a grown man stand on the top rope and say, hey, I'm going to give you a top rope leg drop. Oh, on the mattress? Yeah, right. <laughs> but just And just hope that he's not off a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. You know, because I've been up there when you've given a moonsault or whatever, and it's just like, I'm looking up, I'm just thinking like, well, I hope this goes well, because it may not. It may not. Like, what if What if you slip? What if the rope gives way? Right. Like, there's so many variables that could, that could take place right there. What if you're a little too close or far and my knee goes in your face? Right. I mean, that's happened before. Yeah. Yep. It felt I'm, terrible. Yeah, it, it just it's but it's one of those things that just happens. Mm-hmm. And you know, like I'll never forget the first time I was in a tag match and, and it was a guy who was wrestling named Darren Wade, who you know, he said he was going to give me a top rope leg drop. And I'll never forget the look of seeing him up there, how high he seemed, knowing he's you're about, laying flat on your back. I'm flat on my back. This dude's about to jump and land inches away from my face, mm-hmm. and he hit it perfectly. I mean, I mean, perfectly. Couldn't have hit it better. But the fear in that moment, like, I can't put that into words. Right. But it's fake. It's right. Like one inch either direction. But if it's so fake, you. if it's so fake, how come parents get a little bit nervous when their kids try it at home? Right. Oh, because they don't know what they're doing. Right. And it's like. Because we all know how to fall. <laughs> right. If falling is unnatural. Everybody that's listening to this has slipped on ice or fell down the stairs. It's never like an easy, like, oh, that didn't hurt. Usually your tailbone's bruised, your back hurts, you know, you're busted up your elbow. Because falling is very unnatural. Right. It's just a a very, it's an interesting thing. And I know we've talked in the past, you were talking about, I guess, some coworkers saying to you something like, ah, well, I don't really like wrestling because it's fake or whatever, Mm -hmm. but but are big fans of like The Bachelor. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I I get it. It's, it's, um, it's, What's a, it's like a, a TV show. It's like a guilty pleasure. Right. But it's like, I've never looked at that. I'm like, gosh, dang, that is a good television, you know? Well, and they, they try to play it off as it, it's more real than anything. Like, this is true love. They're going to fall in it's, love with it. It's not. And They're it's, actors. Exactly. But that's their guilty pleasure. And I never, oh, excuse me. Well, the gamble lights getting to me. <laughs> I never once go, why do you watch that crap? That's right. garbage. Right. How dare you watch that? It's like read a book, right? Because I don't care. Like, cool, that's that's your thing, right? But it shouldn't be no different than what I'm doing, right? Um, a big thing that I like to do when I when somebody's like, "Oh, that's fake," I'm like, "Oh, okay, let me chop you." Yeah, and they're like, "Some no right away, no, 
And I'm like, why not? It's fake. And they're like, oh, oh, no, no, no. I'm like, it's fake. Let me chop you. Other people don't know what a chop is. So I'm like, well, this is where I'm going to slap you in the chest. And they're like, okay, because it's fake. And then I just light them up as hard as I possibly can just to prove a point, not because I'm an asshole, just to prove a point. And they're like, you do that to like each other? I'm like, all the time. Sometimes I'll take 10 chops, 15 chops in a match. Yeah. It all depends. Maybe it's a tag match and you're over in Japan. They're just lighting you up. But it's as much as it hurts, there's not a better feeling than a huge crowd that pops for it. Oh, that reaction? Oh, dude. Oh, definitely it's, the sounds there. The cells oh, there. Yeah. It's so... Well, I mean, like I, act, I've, I may have told this on here before. Well, not on here, but on another podcast. But there was a, a guy... I used to work with at my old job, and this is when I waited tables. And I would never do this now. Right. But it's something about, this was probably 10 years ago, 2010 or so. And I used, it was one of those days where it was just, everything was rubbing me the wrong way already. And then he popped off, and I was just like, mm. And so he started talking about wrestling and how it's not real and this and that. And you can say what you want to, but I know it's not real. I was like, dude, okay, you want to know the secret? And he was like, yeah, I want to know the secret. I was like, okay. So like when I do a forearm, if I bend my arm this way, see all this meat on my arm? That's what I hit you with. That's why it doesn't hurt. He's like, really? And I'm like, yeah. And, and so everyone's kind of gathered around. It was a slower night. And I was like, let me show you. And so I, 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 I popped his ass. I mean, <laughs> and, and you guys are my friends. I always lit you up with forearms. Right. So your forearms were always there. And, so and, and, I, and, I'm sure, probably... and I'm sure you could tell when I was pissed because they were definitely there. <laughs> right. And so I, I just smashed him. And I was like, see, it doesn't hurt. He was like. Yeah. <laughs> right? And, Trying to get his and, bearings and together. Now he, and now he can't, like, sell it, right? Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, see, like, I hit you again. Poof. And I'm like, you see that sound? That's the trick. There's not a trick. I'm, I'm knocking, You're hitting him. I'm and, knocking and, the shit out of him. And he's trying to play it cool because right. he was just talking crap on it. And right. he's like, that, that didn't hurt. Like, and then yeah. one of the guys is there. And he was a cool guy. He wasn't a wrestler. And then I just kind of winked at him, gave him the, the, the Iggy. Right. The Iggy in the old office. Yeah. That. I, you know, yes, this is me knocking the shit out of him. Right. Uh, and I'm making him, basically, he can't even admit it, that I'm hitting him. Right. And it, it's, it's weird, because, like, from my standpoint, when I see young wrestlers, like, just get chopped to shreds, and then they're posting it like a badge of honor, I'm always like, oh, man, you probably don't need that many chops in a match or whatever. But then I think, and I'm like, I like having some of those pictures because there's only four people in my entire career that ever made me like bleed from my chest from chops. You, <laughs> Elvis Eliaga, Mar Fuji, and Lance Archer have made blood run the down. Did Jeff my Strong chest. never get you? Jeff Strong I know because I teamed with him. That's right. Yeah. I thought you wrestled him a couple times. Though. I did, but I knew better than to ever chop him. Like so- I usually gave him one and I bumped it. Yeah. I, I wasn't going to stand there and take any See, from that's, him. See, that's that veteran instinct kicking <laughs> yeah. in. So Jeff Strong will, will go down forever as like on my bucket list of people that I that I definitely want on the show that may or may not ever happen. Well, you know, it's one of those things. Sorry. I had to get some gamble lights. <laughs> I think uh, Jeff Strong would be a great one for... This one. Yes. Definitely. Because his stories. And he's a guy like I need to just. And I've talked to him about it once. And he was like, yeah, sure. But I'm like, this dude ain't. He ain't, he ain't doing Skype. You know. Yeah, right, right. Every time he called me, it was a different phone number. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So it's one of those. You're going to have to probably 
track him down and explain to him on a podcast. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right. A great, but such a great dude. Oh, absolutely. I loved him. He was a great dude. Uh, but yeah. And damn, he, he became a hell of a worker. He had like his chops when he chopped people. I would yell decapitation because it just, it was like a shotgun sound. He was chopping the guy standing behind him. <laughs> right. And I learned very quickly. One, I need a team with that guy. That yeah. way he don't get to chop me. And two, if I ever wrestle him, when he does chop me, I'll just fall down. Then he can't chop me anymore. Yeah. But I, I've, I've always liked Jeff Strong. He was, he was a, he was a fun guy to kind of see. And, you know, he's not really wrestling anymore. And we got, he had some, some life issues come up. I don't really want to get into that, but great dude. Oh, absolutely. Just a great dude. Um, so kind of as we, as we turn corners here, um, any other stories come to mind about like, just, you, I mean, cause you're you know, 10 plus 10 plus years in the business now. Oh, gross. Don't say that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a weird feeling isn't it. Like you're, uh, you officially know what you're doing. Right. I officially think I know what I'm doing. Right. Uh, I mean, there, there's always going to be stories of proving that it's real. And like um, another one, if you go to the Jack Gamble fan page on Facebook that I always share is uh, Michael Magnuson at one point lit his hand on fire and punched me. And uh, people say that was fake. That was not fake. That burnt my eyebrow. I have the shiner to prove it. But uh, anyways... This well, one, how do you, how do you fake fire? Exactly. Because and it's on video and everything. He smoked me and it's one of those things that it happened. Can't fake that. It hurt, but I knew going into it, like I wanted that to happen, but to go into a, a fake story. And I don't know if I've ever told you this, this one will go into like the gateway elite days oh boy. with, uh, Elvis Eliaga and Ash Eliaga. Uh, we were doing a show. So we, got with the radio station to do this bar social we actually reached out to you to come up and do like That's a right. segment in a bar and uh you you were unavailable to come all the way to missouri for like a 20 minute segment so we got a uh, dave delorean to do it and what the segment was we're in a bar live people but we're recording it too because we want to show it for you know future reference social media bro exactly Gotta get them likes uh, i'm cutting a, a promo but as a business owner as an owner of gateway elite wrestling and Dave comes up and open hand slaps the piss out of me. <laughs> and a fight kind of breaks out and it breaks out. And uh, the DJ there uh, is a big dude. He's like 6'5", easily 300 pounds. So he's like pulling us apart. And uh, Ash and uh, Elvis are pulling us apart too. So it all calms down. We get back to the social. Dave leaves. This old lady comes up to me and she's like, I know he didn't really slap you. And like my face is still red yeah. from the slap. And I'm like, excuse me. And she's like, I know it's not real. He didn't really hit you. And I'm like, I one, we have it on video Two, You are here. Like you've seen it go down. And like, I start to explain it to her. And that's where I go back to where we were talking about earlier. I started to explain it to her and she's just kind of like, mm -mm, and shaking her head. And I'm like, Oh, you're one of those, no matter what I say, even if I called Dave to turn around on Highway 54, come back here and slap me in front of you. <laughs> Again. You, yeah, you wouldn't believe it. Yeah. And I just, it, it baffled me because this is an older lady that probably watched wrestling yeah. in its heyday in the 70s or 60s. Because she, I mean, she, oh, but she just was having no part of it. She was like, nope, that wasn't real. And I'm like, you're in the same fucking room as us. Like, I don't know how else to 
prove to you it was real. And and that's the weird thing about the business where you you decide like because I remember you and you you told me that you're like dude. It's a long drive, but you get to slap me. All like, right, <laughs> that was the it's, selling it, point. It's tempting, but I think I had karate that night or the something. The Eliagas were like, "Trust me, I think if you tell him that he gets to drive up here and slap you, he's going to be all for it." And I'm like, well, "He probably will." Yeah, it, <laughs> and but the, and that's one of those cases where it's like, okay, here's what we're doing: we're selling a product to people, and I'm like, "Oh, it's that wrestling stuff." Mm-hmm. But then you see a guy slap a dude in the face, you're like, "Oh, that's interesting." Mm-hmm. Like he, he just slapped him. But then you have someone come up who sees it, knows it's real. Or, I mean, it's very real. He really slapped you. It's not smoke and mirrors. It's not sound effects. No. He just, he slapped you. Because, again, how on earth do we fake that? Live in front of people. Right. Like, of course. Like, I mean, unless TV. you're a magician in your downtime. <laughs> right. I don't know how you pull that off. I'm no mathematician, brother. Math right. magician. Right, yeah. Uh. And, but, it, you, so you do it. You have a handprint. Probably waters your eyes a little bit. Oh, because, yeah. I mean, and in again, as you know, with a slap, if placement's not perfect, I mean, it can knock you a little loopy. Mm-hmm. That's not real. I'm about to say, and DeLorean, he laid it in there. Sure, like, he, he he's never really pulled anything. And if, but that's also in that situation where he had to. Oh yeah, and there's situations where everything's a little harder than it maybe needs to be. Mm-hmm. But that one needed to be hard, and then to get that reaction, that's what just like it boggled my mind. I'm like, we just. He just open hand. I don't know. I, it's weird to explain. I'm rambling, but it's just like there was nothing I could do to change that lady's mind. Yeah, there was nothing. And that's a fake red mark. That sound was fake. It was on the PA system. Right. That's that just, guy wasn't even really here. It was, like, <laughs> right. it was a visual. I mean, it's like what? none of this is real. Yeah. I'm at home sleeping in my own bed. Well, you know, I'm, I've heard Cornette say, and you know, Cornette's a controversial guy, but he's talked about you know Brock Lesnar there for a couple of years was like shoot busting guys open with the elbows. Right. And we got Cena, he got Orton, and a couple others maybe. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, that's why we did the blade, so that we wouldn't have to hurt each other. He's like, WWE's gone so backwards that they're like, oh, the blading, that's barbaric, it's horrible. Let's have Brock open up a guy with his elbow. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it, shoot, brother. <laughs> it's like well, when you actually get the bare bones of it, it's like, good God, that's stupid. Just let the dude, let the dude do a gig, right? You and know, just, like, and be done with it, right? That's not get hit four times and still not bleed. Like, by a former UFC heavyweight champion, six. yeah, yeah, like that's just not. It's such a weird, it's such a weird industry that. Right. That that's the thoughts that we have. Yet someone will see that and be like, "Oh, he cut himself." Right. Even though it, no, he didn't. It shoot. Mm-hmm. He shoot got busted open by Brock Lesnar. And that's the crazy thing because like nobody, when Brock was busting people open in the UFC, I didn't watch a lot of his UFC stuff, but I assumed he probably made a couple guys bleed. Nobody was like, "Oh, he cut himself." Yeah. Nobody said that because right. they were in a UFC ring, so it's different. Yeah. And and, and that's here's the thing, I understand like WWE. If you're watching it on TV and you see like a kind of a goofy backstage segment or you see a weird like backstage interview that, mm-hmm. that ends awkwardly because they always end awkwardly now. And I don't really know why, but or or even if you go to AEW and you see them do some of their more hokey stuff or you see a hokey spot on the Internet or whatever it is. I understand that you might think, well, this is a little goofy. This isn't real, quote right. unquote. But to me, I'm like. I understand there's all these little intricacies here, but I, to me, Japanese wrestling was why I was so attracted to that brand of wrestling is because it felt very real. Absolutely. It yeah. never felt phony. And to me, like that was, I loved showing that to people because it was like, this is what I do. I don't 
because there's wrestling and there's sports entertainment, as you know. Absolutely. There's different. There's differences of where you. And do I it think and I need to it. start telling people that because it, it will give them a whole different eye-opening experience. Because okay, sports entertainment's just a phrase Vince came up with. It's not a real thing, right? And over in Japan, it's still a sport. It's in the sports right. section, and I'm glad you brought up Japan because, like, it is real. And not only are we sacrificing our bodies, even though people want to say it's fake, but we sacrifice. So much more, like our lives, our lives, and to go to Japan, and, and there's nothing more real than a guy. You know, I, I talked to someone today about this, which will come up on a future episode. But like, moving up here, paying the money that we did not have to train here, and then paying all that money, and then doing those squats, and thinking like, what in the hell am I paying? You know, like what am I doing? Right. And then like you go home, but you're not going home. You're going to some probably shitbox apartment, sleeping mm-hmm. on an air mattress, working a shit job to just be able to pay your light bill mm-hmm. and it's like there's nothing fake about that right that's... but but i mean i know like you're going to talk about going to japan like the sacrifices you made just to do that so you could earn no money over there you know <laughs> right I'm about to say because uh when i got when the opportunity came i had oh excuse me i had a pretty good job here um because i i you know i did the same thing you guys did we moved up here I just bought a house because I, at the time, thought that was a smarter investment. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking back, you, had, it, you, you are married now, but you had a living girlfriend. Right. So between the two of you, it, it, it worked. It was smarter because I know the apartments were income based, mm-hmm. and if you showed too much of an income, your rent was pretty oh, expensive. They're wanting to charge us like six hundred bucks a month for those apartments you There's lived no in. No way. Right when I knew people living there were paying like twelve bucks a month. Yeah. So, anyways, um, yeah, slight difference between that and six hundred. <laughs> right. Uh, so like I worked my way up at a factory here in town and like I was pretty high on the hoss, I guess you'd call it. I was making really good money. And at this time I was what, 26 or so. And I'm making really good money. And I, yeah. an opportunity came to go to Japan and you know, my job's not going to hold my job for three months. But what job would? Right. Uh, I mean, so, the only, I mean, I'm a week or two of vacation. I mean, like mm-hmm. you, people don't have that much time. And I think just, we get three weeks, but by the time the opportunity came, like I might've burnt a week. Sure. So I got two and then I have still have what nine more weeks that I, that I'd be gone for. And, and even then, like if you were to get a month off, that's a certain amount of time, mm-hmm. three months, that's a quarter and a quarter of the year. I, I tried and there's a little backstory that I, I did try to find a loophole to get out for at least a month. On a personal, personal time, personal leave, but by this point, when I started looking into it, people already knew that I was offered an opportunity to go to Japan. So my 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 scam was already in a ruse. They already knew, like no. But uh, so I had to quit my job, uh, which sucked because I worked really hard to get to where I was. Right. So now I have no job. Uh, my wife is paying all the bills, watching my daughter, and I go to Japan. And I'm there for three months. And, you know, like everybody knows, bills come in regardless of where you're at in the country. Right. <laughs> so mortgage, electric, gas, phone bills, all that. And, you know, I still had to eat. Um, granted, Pro Wrestling Noah took really good care of me and put me up. And, you know, they would always feed us like Chonko and stuff. That was awesome. But uh, so I, I do my three months in Japan. And a lot of people always ask, well, why'd you leave? Yeah. Why'd you leave Japan if it was so great? Uh, there's things oh, called, I never thought about going back. You know, <laughs> right? There's things called work visas, and mine was good for three months. Right. So I had to come back. Uh, real quick, uh, 
a lot of people when I tell them I've been to Japan to wrestle, they and I, like I'm two sixty, so I'm a little bigger now than I was when I went to Japan. But they look me dead in the eye and go, "You're a sumo wrestler," and I'm like, "Get away from me yeah. right now! Get get away from me!" Like they they just don't get it. But uh, so I come back to America three months later and I try to get my job back, and they're like, "Yeah, we'll hire you back, but you got to start at the bottom. The four years you put on here before." Mean Jack Diddley shit. You're gonna start as a temp, and maybe in 90 days we'll hire you back, and you can work your way back up. Right, and that's even, what I did. Even though you know everything, mm-hmm. and are probably working at a level higher than any temp. Oh, absolutely. Right. It was well, it so you could put me anywhere because, like, after four years, you can run anything. I've been in, uh, let's say, in the production. I've done the quality side. I've done the shipping and receiving side. So it's like I've done everything besides being in an office, and still they didn't care. They were like, "Little man, yeah, starting over." And I was like, "All right, well, if that's what I have to do, because I still have bills to pay too." Right. I come back from Japan, and it wasn't skyrocket, boom, bam. I'm the next John Cena, uh, which, which people again, think. Where, there's a question: Why didn't you just go back to Japan? Right? Why, why don't you just go back? And it's like, yeah, it don't work that way. I think uh, I was fortunate enough to get the opportunity to go to Japan, but I feel like it, that was a long time coming too. Like it didn't just. Happen overnight, right. I think. It never does, though. A couple I mean, of years prior. Most of the time it doesn't. Right. They seen me, and then they see me the next year, and I got better. And then I had the car wreck, and they're like, oh, okay. Then they see me the next year, and I came back, and they're like, oh, all right, all right. Mm-hmm. And then I think maybe, no, I think it was that year, they're like, you, now in March, you want to come to Japan? So yeah. it was like a four or five year process. It wasn't just, right. hey, this, this Jack Gamble guy, let's bring him over. Right. Well, and that's the thing, is they probably didn't want to wait right after the car wreck, because they don't know. I mean, you probably didn't know if you're going to be healthy enough to keep working. Right. Yeah, I had no idea if I was going to be able to wrestle again. Like, in my head, because, you know, you're stubborn. You're like, oh, of course I want to wrestle again. Right. But there was times where, like, I had trouble walking upstairs. Right. So it's like, I don't know if I'm actually going to be able to wrestle again. You don't know. And, right. And, and, that's the, and that's the weird thing, too. And that's, to me, what's so interesting about the, the pro wrestling industry in, in of itself. Like, you're internationally traveled. You know, you, you've been to Japan, you're trained by a Hall of Famer, but if you were to ask some promoter, like, hey, I would like to, you know, like, how much do you want for this show? And you throw out a number, the number you're probably going to give this guy is, Sorry. no, you're good. It, the number you're probably going to give this guy is going to be enough to cover your gas and maybe your food. Oh, yeah. And he might be like, I don't know if I can do that. Oh, yeah. It's not like you're asking for like, hey, I want three grand to come wrestle, <laughs> you know? Right. I just... Like, uh, even asking for, let's say, 80. Right. People were like, oh, I don't know. Could you do it for 60? And I'm like, is $20 really going to kill your business? Yeah. Like, because $20 is going to make sure my gas tank is full or right. make sure my wife also eats with me. You know right. what I mean? I I have a problem because there's a couple of motors I talked to. Another Gamble Whiter. Oh, Gamble White. There you go. <laughs> a couple of promoters I talked to that we, we negotiated money. And it was like, okay, well, based on where I'm coming from, and as you know, I had a truck at the time. Which oh, yeah. More expensive than gas. I'm like, this money that I'm I'm saying I'll come for is basically going to cover my gas. And maybe just cover my gas. Because there's times where gas is expensive, too. Right. It's like, ah, we can't really do that. I'm like, like that's not <laughs> that's not asking too much, you know? Well, here, here's a question that, like, because we're, t- we're talking about how it's, you know, it's fake, right? With... With the sacrifices of our body, our money, and everything we do, 
people always ask me, well, why do you do it? Right. And it's hard for me to explain even that. Like, why Why would you do that to your body? It's like, well, I'd love to do it. And it's like, but you you know it's, they go back to, the, you know, it's fake. And it's like, it's not fake. Like, this, <laughs> to me, there's nothing, there's nothing fake about emotion. Right. And to me, there's nothing, that moment, like, when you got it, when you, like, you're going to Japan. Yeah. Like, there's nothing fake about that feeling of, like, Almost, it's almost like a sigh of relief. Like, okay, finally something. Well, there you know you, what I mean? and that's that's kind of where I was trying to get to because I was just rambling there. But it's it's not always just. Casey, we knocked that shit off. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's it's not always just physical uh, emotion and, and physical. Uh, when people say it's fake, it's like there there's so much mental. It goes into it too that people right. that they don't ever see that side right. of mental breakdown of driving eight hours for yeah. twenty dollars, right? And it, or getting to getting home and being dog ass tired and then going to work the next day, right? And, and, and we people all, don't get that, right? We've all done it, and they they don't understand that you would you would do that for something that's quote unquote fake. And, and I'm sure, and this is another thing. Like I heard you talking earlier today about like I oh, know overtime this weekend. How many times did you turn out overtime to go wrestle for considerably less money? Oh, absolutely, all the time, right? I, I did it. I did it every chance I got. It. It was crazy to, like, to look back. Like, let's say I can make a hundred and eighty dollars at work, working an eight-hour shift on a Saturday, or you can I go can make fifty, drive six hours, <laughs> right? Make fifty, drive six hours back, sleep Sunday, and go back to work. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, man. Sounds okay. Well, and and that's, and that's the thing too, is like, there's also that point when you are wrestling where the opportunity for more money comes up or this or that, but it's like, but wait a minute, do I want to pursue wrestling or am I, do I want to pursue this job that is just my job? Right. Because there's certain points that's your shoot job. Mm -hmm. Nothing. I mean, it's, it's, it's a job that pays my bills and allows me to (laughs) live and drive and stuff. But like, Wrestling's my career. You know, right. it doesn't pay me anything. The, there's a meme, and I hope it's still around when this airs. And it's uh, the Dumb and Dumber, uh, Jim Carrey, as he's driving the limo. He's like, professional or indie wrestlers say, "You know, this ain't my real job, right?" Yeah. <laughs> and it's like that is perfect. So it's so true, right? We it supports your that. wrestling habit exactly. And uh, and and that and that's the thing about you know, and we've talked about it too. I don't know how many times. Like there's one promoter that we worked for a few times, worst shows in the history of, of wrestling. But he always paid, and he paid well. Oh, he paid well. And we, basically, we just go down there and wrestle each other. Right. Really just, we'd have good matches, but it was like, God, these shows are awful. Oh yeah, there's maybe twenty people there. It's usually hot or in a really crappy building, but and they had like a re- weird karate demo in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah. like, okay. Some like fifty year old in. Daisy Duke shorts doing being like the ring girl, but like there wasn't like she was matches. In, yeah, but she was like at one point she was like a skirt, was she not? Yes, I remember uh, Carl Hour, rest in peace. Mm. Um, the next day at the show, he's like oh, ring girl. You know who that was? And I was like, I don't know. And he goes, she kind of kind of old to be doing the ring girl stuff. <laughs> right. she? I was like, I was like, I, I don't know, man. He's like, well, she was fifty if she was a day, right? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, <laughs> kind of. I mean, it's just one of those weird things. Where you're like this. Is this really happening right now? There was another promoter that we were trying to, I think, trying to get you up there too at one point. But uh, 
he was he was real big on he was going to be the next ROH. And he's running into town. He's maybe drawing the same 25, 30 people. But they were, it was one of those things where wrestling each other. And as soon as you walked into the building, he paid you. And, like, you can't get any better than that. No, because, like, I could just leave. If I wanted to be a douchebag, I could have just left. Right. But he paid me, and it's like, all right, well, now I'll do what I guess. I'm your monkey. Tell me what you want me to do. I'll never. I wrestled for this one guy. He ran a few shows in Oklahoma when I first moved back, and he did not have the best shows. He was a nice guy, and he meant well, but I could tell he just, it, his whole, like there was, it, it wasn't a very well-put-together production. Not totally on him. It was what it was. Right. But one of my first shows, and he was the type where every time you you came, he wanted to pull you aside and talk to you for thirty minutes. And you're just like, dude, come on. Oh, well, stuff so, to do, man. It's like the first night he had me squash a guy. Like, okay, whatever you want to do, that's fine. Second night, and he tells me, and he's like, hey, I just want you to know that this is not permanent. I'm gonna put the belt on you. I was like, okay, sure, whatever you want to do. Yeah, whatever, man. And uh, and then the next month. He's like, come over here and talk to you. Hands me my money right away. And I'm like, cool. You know, like right. we're good. And I like that better. I don't have to wait for two hours after the show. Right. You know, let's let's do it. Right. And he goes, all right. So tonight, put the belt on you. He's like, all right. Okay, I just want to tell you that. Oh, was, was like, he waiting for you? Like, a I reaction? guess he's waiting for me to pop and <laughs> like, let me, oh, thank oh, you. Oh, thanks. Let me tweet this real quick. You know. <laughs> I always wanted to be some insert generic wrestling company's champion. It's been my lifetime dream. Oh God! It, it, it's just that weird. It's that weird thing, you know. Like they, I've always heard through wrestling, the only things that are real are the money and the miles. That's absolutely true. Guy really, says that a lot. It's true though, man, right? That, that hits home. It really does. Yeah. It really does. And you know, like you hear, and I've heard this statement a lot from a lot of people. Like, oh, you know, I do this stuff for free, and I'm like, but you don't. Right. <laughs> right. Like it's easy to say that when you're making significant money mm-hmm. not to do it for free. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just it's a it's a weird business, man. It is, and it's it's one of those like it's not for everybody. No, it's not. Definitely. And I'm I'm lucky enough that I got to do it and live my dream and stay in it as long as I did or have. Well and I gotta talk about this too, because you know, obviously we came from the WLW training system with mm-hmm. Harley race and stuff. And of course, Harley's been gone for a little over, over a year now, which is crazy yeah, to think, right? Crazy to think about. So I'm curious on this, like what, looking back on it, all things being relative, all the squats, <laughs> all the crap we went through. Like, do you ever think like, gosh, dang, why? I, it, it's funny because like, I look back and I'm, I'm very happy that that's how we trained. Yeah. And I'm very happy that we were trained properly and we learned to protect ourselves and we learned to protect the other person because I've been in situations where guys didn't know their dick from their elbow right. where I had to protect them and myself while they were doing a move. Right. But uh, looking back, you th- you think of all the squats we did and it's like, well, that's probably why my knees are blown. And then, yeah, I mean, every, every wrestler I think has heard about their bump card. Yes. Um, you, you only got so many bumps in you. You only got so many bumps in you. We would be, we would be told that, and then they're like, "All right, you only got so many bumps in you." So watch guys, it. you got to protect yourself. You got to protect your body. Yeah. Number one, uh, go ahead and do your thirty bump drill, <laughs> and then and like thirty bumps don't sound like a lot. Oh god, that sucks. God is so that bad. gives me anxiety just hearing you say that. Right, 
there was there was speaking of thirty bump drill. Uh, uh, Chris Yeagers, if he ever listens to this, it'll be a good one. Uh, he was having trouble throwing heat one time. Mm-hmm. Which, it, if anyone doesn't know, heat would be like strikes. Yeah, and you got to lay them in there, chops, forms, whatever. And, so, and, and his were like it was funny. And this is I know where the story you're going yes. to because I remember the first time I ever saw you mad. Oh man, I was mad, mad. <laughs> and his were it's not that it was bad every time. It's just that he was inconsistent, mm-hmm. and I see it a lot. I see it so many with guys now. I'm like, this guy just needs better training. Right? He just sucks, you know. And and Jaegers, you know, he would have he he trained enough where he should have had some. He should have had some time in the business. He just right. never. He, just, he never quite got there. I think I think he did it because we did it. He yeah. wanted to hang out, but then it was just like, yeah, I'm done. Yeah. And he he walked away, and a lot of guys can't do that. He was just yeah. like, I'm done, and he was happy. Um, but anyways, uh, I know we're kind of going all over the place on this podcast. Uh, that's what it's about, though. Okay, cool. Um, so, Jaegers is is having trouble throwing heat, and so we're doing the 30 bump drill, but with heat. So, Chris Jaegers gets to hit me 30 times. And if I remember correctly, if he hit you and it did not look good, the bump did not count. Yes. Yes. So, he's hitting me, and I'm, I'm taking my bumps, because, you know, I'm a trooper. And we get to, like, 12. And he hits me real crappy start over and like to him he's very deflated like oh man i have to start over in my head i was like fuck you i have to start over taking bumps again i just took 12 bumps yeah. right so we start over and this time i think we got to like i want to i want to say we got a little higher 17 18 like 20 was start over so now i'm up to like 32 bumps and we're starting over he's hitting me so we start over again. You're just like, just hit me. Right. We just get up to like me. five and I'm like, hit me. Like, I'm so mad. And it wasn't like, Matt, I was mad at him because he was like half-hearting it because he didn't want to mess up and he's overthinking it. He's in his own head. But he couldn't comprehend that I have bumped almost 40 fucking times. Right. And I am dying because if my bump didn't look good, then I had to start over again. Because that's, that's how you guys, you know beat it into us. I mean, you were there. You were one of the trainers. I don't think you were training then. That was a bonsai drill. Yeah. And that wasn't necessarily my call. Because right. I I was never into the torturous type of mm-hmm. training. That never really... I, I just never really well, and, saw... Because it's like, okay, here, here's the problem with that. I punish you for something he's doing. That creates friction. Right. And, and that's I, not a good thing. I don't think anybody realized that. No. And that, I, that, I think... That they were punishing me for what... Jaegers was having trouble doing. Right. It's like if I would have tagged out and somebody else was taking those bumps and Jaegers just kept going, it would have been fine. And then yeah. they tag out, but it wasn't that. It was just me taking them, and I'm like, "Fucking hit me!" Yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's a weird thing. And you know, like the the training we went through, like it, it was weird because I think with wrestling sometimes is everyone gets in that mindset of this is just what we do, mm-hmm. and this is. This is how wrestling is. It's a Tuesday. But, but I've seen so many people that's like, man, you don't even understand what it was like. Oh, yeah. You know? And I remember me and you, like, later years when a guy would show up. And I mean, how many dipshits showed up? <laughs> it was. It was who, who's, when I said that, who's the first person you thought of? Uh, Hawk by birth. I, said, I knew that. <laughs> that, that, that was your, my favorite one. I knew that would be your go-to. <laughs> Hawk by birth. Like, that's like Bonsai's like. Introduce yourself. He's like, I'm Hawk. He's like, your real name. Hawk, my birth. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. 
Because I wasn't there for. I don't think I, I was there that day. Cactus Jack showed up. I love that story too. I was but, there for Cactus Jack. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Joe two or New York Joe two? Because I don't think I ever met New York Joe. I one. remember New York Joe. He yeah. was. Uh, he, he was something. And then cross-eyed Peggy. Cross-eyed Peggy, yeah. Who dropped me <laughs> on my head uh, or tried to? Yeah, I remember cross-eyed Peggy. That was uh, well. That was something. Yeah. Um. We we had a few, but I remember just thinking like, like. This guy's, I mean, like, I don't know. And I, and I see, like, videos now. Like, I mean, that video that's been going around here lately is that backyarder that jumps off the, the ropes and, like, both of his legs go backwards. And I'm just like, someone someone, someone messaged me, like, what happened? I'm like, well, 20 years ago, this guy was born. He, <laughs> sorry. 20 years later, he decided to be a backyard wrestler. Mm-hmm. But in the middle of that, he decided never to do anything athletic in his life. Yep. And here we are. <laughs> It's so funny, and I, I hope this video is still kind of circulating when this comes out, because I almost messaged you the first time I seen it, because it reminded me of our match in Dodge City, Kansas. Yeah. Because not nearly as bad, but uh, we were doing something, and I feel like I came off the second rope on to you, maybe just like an axe handle or something, and I just landed it wrong, and my knee like popped out of place. And I, I couldn't walk and I could put barely put any weight on it. And we, you know, we made it through the rest of the match. And then I had to wrestle, we had to wrestle two other shows after that. Yeah. And every time I see that video, I was like, oh man, like it could have been worse. Could have been worse. Like I kind of had something happen to me like that. Well, and what's, what's bad about that was that match. If I remember right, you, you did it and I'm just selling mm-hmm. and you're like, I hurt my knee. I was like, how bad? You're like, I don't know, pretty bad. So I'm like, okay, well, what can we do now? You know, and so it's... Right, because you have to change everything. Because I could... I was afraid... Like, I, I'm still standing, but I know if any weight on it is hurting. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to just be like, oh, I'm done, tap out. So, like, we had to find figure something out. We had and to figure you something being out. the vet, that's why I just told you, it's like, my knees hurt. Please think of something, because I don't know. And I, and I, I started remember, panicking. Right, and I remember I tried to just calm you down as best I could. And put you like in a hold mm-hmm. of some sort and be like, all right, take a second. And, you know, and I think I would even like, here's what I'm, here's what I'm thinking. Can you do that? And you're like, yeah, I can do that. Like, okay. Because right. like, you ran, you ran me a couple spots. Like, you think that? I'm like, uh, what about this? Yeah, I can do that. Because cool. I think, I think we had like an up and over and stuff. I was like, let's cut that. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. You know, like let's, anything that you might get up and down on your leg. Obviously, let's not do that. <laughs> right. But I was like, can you hit the ropes and take a bump? Yeah, I can do that. Okay. Well, you know, spine buster. Right. Does that sound right? Yeah, I can do that. Okay. Bam. And then we're. And that's the part that people don't understand. They have no idea because it was scripted. It's like, yeah, all that was on the fly because right. my knee gave out. And when I, I want to say, and, and I could be throwing a couple extra minutes in, but I feel like that happened five, six minutes in, like during the shine almost. He may have been. Right. And then you almost had to go immediately into the heat. But we still had because we had the Dodge City crowd was crazy hot. And we had time to fill. Because there was only X amount of matches. Mm-hmm. And Harley, you know, Harley wants his shows to run how he wants his shows to run. So if he tells you you got 10 to 12, you're filling 10 to 12. Right. And we still had a tag match later that night. So Which I remember in that it was a mixed tag. Yes. And I remember I wanted to do a spot where the heel female hit me. Because I was actually the baby face that night, if I remember yeah, right. Yeah, you were the baby. And you were tagging with the Mendez. Yeah. And, and so I remember I was like, okay, so all she hits me. I'll do, and I'll pull her oh. ring. I'll give her the spankings. If you were the babyface, I don't know when it happened then. 
you know what? I think it happened at a hope spot, which okay. I know people listening may be like, what? Right, they right. don't know. But because I, if I, if I remember correctly and I could be wrong, I swore I popped you over the top rope and you landed on the apron and that's when it happened. But I could be wrong. I just know it was in the corner somewhere. It was in the corner and yeah. it may have been, I don't know, but something you went up uh-huh. and down and I didn't, I remember didn't actually, I didn't actually see it. Mm-hmm. And I just remember you grabbed me and that's when you told me and I was like, okay. And again, so I'm like, is his leg hanging off? I don't know. So, <laughs> right. right. So it's just kind of like it's just dangling there, flopping around. Right. Cause I mean, looking at that, that video that we were talking about, it's like, well, good Lord. Yeah. That's nasty. So, those guys won another twenty. Oh, of course they did. In a yeah. dusty finish. Yeah, he, he's doing his doing his entrance. It's part of the wolf pack. <laughs> Don't turn up, your back on the wolf pack. End up in a body bag. <laughs> but I remember that that night I did a spot where you know I gave Stacy O'Brien the spankings. Mm-hmm. You came in all mad, so we bent you over, and Lucy gave you the spankings. And I remember thinking, like, I don't know how Harley's going to react to that, but he's over there just popping. And I'm like, okay, well, he can't get mad. Right, then we're but good. It's, but it's, it's like it's a mixed tag. Right, there's only so much we can How run. good is this actually going to be? Right. Like from a work rate level. It's a mixed tag. It was a mixed tag. And we had the hometown girl there. So it's like. It's fun. It's supposed to be a yeah, fun get match. Get it in there. Let everybody have a good time. So, yeah. Yeah. But that was, uh, I wish I would have brought that up a little when you're talking about it's scripted. Because that's a clear example of, I was hurt and we still had. X amount of time to kill. And then we had a whole nother match to do right. with me being hurt. And that whole time, it's like, okay. And that's where that comedy spot, it's like, I'm glad we have that. Oh, yeah, because that killed time. Yeah. And, and I didn't have to bump. <laughs> right. And it just, and if I remember right, that was leading up to like the camp and stuff. Because mm-hmm. that's when we had our really kick-ass match at the camp show. Yep. And you're you're taping your knee up for that. Oh, you know? I was taping it up hard. I went and bought like the... Not like the bar brace, like the Austin brace, but I went and bought like a $130 brace. Yeah. Casey. <laughs> uh, I went and bought like a $130 brace, so I'm taping it and putting the brace on, just hoping, because like I didn't, I don't think I knew at the time leading up to the camp that I was working you, but once I found out I was working you, I was like, I can't let him down. Like, right. I got to help make him. Get through, I have to get through this so he can get through this. Yeah. It, you're it, not carrying me the whole time. But, in, and that was the thing is like, that was, I think that was easily the best match me and you ever had. Oh, absolutely. But one of my favorites, but I mean, it's just, even now, I think if we sat down and thought about it and like, we're going to do everything right to recreate that. I don't know if we could, I don't think we could. I, I don't, cause I, I felt like so much of that was based on instinct and reaction, but I've always felt like my better stuff is not putting it all together. Mm-hmm. I have to have the instinct and reaction, and I think you and I play off each other really well. Right, um, even if it's more comedy, or if like like at the camp show that we were talking about, like Regal was there, Von Eric, uh, K- K- Kevin, Kevin, Steamboat, uh, and Steamboat, and the Japanese. Mm-hmm. Hell of a hard crowd to please because once yes. you please one, you're not pleasing the other. Well, and this is another thing people may not be aware of. Who are you trying to get a job for? Because that's who you might want to be yeah, that's playing who you want to. Pull. Yeah. And I, I mean, a good match is a good match, but mm-hmm. Noah and WWE are looking for very different things. Right. And my thing with that was I knew you were, at the time, being kind of looked at by WWE and Noah. Yeah. So I'm like, I'll do whatever you want, man. Right. Because I knew I wasn't either on their radar. So I. But, just, it, I, but it's also a case in point of like, okay... If this is a tape that ever gets passed around, you're the other guy. So wait a minute, who is this I guy? Think that put me 
with uh, Ken and Rue, I think that put me on their radar because to start rolling the ball to go to Japan. A big and actually a big reason I picked you for that match because I was asked like, "Who do you want?" And because Harley knew I was being looked at at that time, like right. that was like that. If I was going to get signed at any point, it was then, right? Right, because I I felt like as far as performance wise, look wise, that's the best I've ever been. That oh, yeah. that, that period of time, Har- that camp, you were you were top dog there. Yeah, and so and so Harley's like, who do you want? And if you remember, me and you rolled around earlier that week, mm-hmm. and Rue put it over. He was like, that match should be taking place in the Tokyo Dome. And I was just like, whoa, like I don't remember that. You don't remember I, w- that? I wish I remember that. And I remember thinking like, ooh, that's. Um, that's quite a compliment to get. So it, we're in there in the office and, you know, I'll just tell stories like they are. Cause I don't care anymore. Right, there's right. there another guy in there and he picked someone that was not very good to work. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think he picked that person thinking I will outshine them. As you know, I will. to me, I, I don't look at that match and think like, Oh, well, so-and-so is better than so-and-so. Or whatever. It's just gamble. <laughs> this is just a good match, right? And that to me is the whole thing about that night. It was. It wasn't about me. I'm gonna do everything I can because I. I mean, you did the dive, right? I could have. Like, oh yeah. Hey, let's not do a dive tonight because it's all about me. I wanted to have the best match that we possibly could. I did a 450 that night too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like you were. You were definitely giving me mine. Also, I, and I wanted as much as we could do in that with with it making sense to to work and you know i i hooked the power bomb several times several mm-hmm. times never got it and finally you know i, I remember you even told me when i finally hit it that last time like thank, thank god. god oh yeah because because i want to say i kept because you were going for the power bomb i was going for the 450 like i i probably hit you with i don't know four super kicks at some point finally i get up there i do the 450 and i came down hard and i'm like that's and you hooked me for the power arm, and I'm just like thinking in my head, boom, you hit me with the power arm. I'm like, that was the last month. That's yep. all I have to do. Thank God, because I don't know if I can take another one. Like, yeah. I'm dying in there. It was a it was a pretty a pretty intense match. Oh, yeah. It was, it was one of our most physical matches, definitely. And, and, and you know, and as you know, like we were in the high school, so it's a, it's a lot more people, a lot of celebrity, I mean, a lot of celebrity guests there. Mm-hmm. And I remember the biggest compliment I ever got from Simon Gotch was that night. And I said, hey, man, because and a big reason I would actually go to him is he was honest. Oh, yeah. And a lot of people didn't like that. But here's the thing. Like, that was so beneficial. He would never blow smoke up your ass. If no, he, he if wouldn't. If something was shit, it was shit. Yeah. And something was good or he liked, <laughs> it was good. Right. It's a funny story. <laughs> <laughs> we were backstage at Richmond one time. We had the triple threat of the century. Ah. Ryan Drago versus Jeff Strong versus Britain One Tough Tucker. Tucker. Oh, is that where you guys sprayed his pants? <laughs> yeah. So, they were in the back, and like Jeff looks pissed. Seth has just got his Seth look with Gotch, and then Britain's over there like clueless. <laughs> and Gotch is like, Britain, that match, not be good. <laughs> and he's like, you understand why it sucked? <laughs> he's all like, yeah. <laughs> but that was that was him, you know. Right. And that and it's weird to, to even you say that match not any good. It's like that sounds exactly like what he would say. Yeah, and uh, but I remember after that match, I because he and he was and this is also too why I know he meant it because he was very mad about his own personal matches that night, mm-hmm. and so I went I went up to him I was like, "What you think?" And he goes, "If you don't get signed based on that match, I don't know what you could do." I was like, "Wow!" He's like, "It was awesome. awesome." Like there was like he said, it was match of the night easily. Like just it was everything clicked, 
And that's one of those weird things of like, I think we kind of in a weird way got lightning in a bottle, mm-hmm. you know, it just, and it just, everything worked. Right. Cause there's been other times that we've had matches where we've not done as much comedy and was like, let's go out there and let's, let's do this, this work. Yeah. And it just, it never, it was, they're, they're good. Right. They're fun. They're safe. They're never the same. Like yeah. Ever. Yeah. And, and that to me is what's so interesting about wrestling and kind of going back to the the original topic you know we had we had a great time out there but to me there was nothing fake or unreal about the mental aspect of something like that right Right. of like okay i hope that this match people i hope this gets me an opportunity and i did get signed but it didn't happen for like another almost year i about to say almost yeah if not was it a year so i actually i actually that was in like October. Okay. I actually got signed, offered my deal in like April. That's six months. Right. But then you didn't actually go down. I didn't actually go down until July. Okay. Yeah. So long time, you know, and it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, man, like this is a very, very interesting business. Big mental fuck. Yeah. And and that's what I kind of want this show to be about is just everyone's personal experiences diving into the, uh, the difficulty of, of how, how much this business messes with you? Right. How 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 very real these moments are, you know, and mentally and physically. <laughs> right. Yeah. But dude, this has been fun, man. Uh, it's been a great time. This is super fun. I'm glad you were the first guest. Well, thank you. As, I as always, I Who, maybe honored. Aaron Andrews will be number two. You never know. Fuck yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he is a squared. So a squared. I, I guess maybe he could be number two. You know, he well oddly enough, he's the first Oklahoma guy I ever had on the pod. Oh. Because I, I thought I was like, okay, he, he's actually cool. He's not like some of these other losers. But not not that I, I you know, at the time there were a lot. A lot of those guys have left. But, right. You know, a lot of, there's a lot of good guys in Oklahoma now. So, yeah. But he was yeah. the first guy I met. I was like, this guy's actually like, he could be a WLW guy. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah, he fit yeah. that mold. I'm also, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the time I spent with him. Yeah, great dude. I think I'm like 0-3 with him. And then he holds over my head. So yeah, of course. Screw him. Right, because <laughs> yeah, it's all real. <laughs> right. Dude, throw out some social media. Let people know where they can find you. Well, of course, you can go to Twitter at Jack Gamble, HLE. Instagram, Jack Gamble, HLE. You can find me on Facebook, Jack Gamble fan page. Uh, I post stuff all the time. And uh, I... W- with this podcast, I wish people would ask me questions like, what are some other weird stories? Or maybe you can tell me some of your weird weird stories because every wrestler has them. Oh, I'm sure. And I maybe, will get to so many. Maybe you'll hit me with a real intriguing one and I'll send it to Breaker and be like, hey, you need to talk to this guy. Well, yeah. <laughs> or this and, girl. And, that, and that's because and, we've all got them. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and they're we, all a little different. Right. And we've all, but we've all been hit with that really like, what you know like that like you just can't believe it actually was said like, to you this is a conversation i'm having right now like, right are you kidding me and, and it's that classic case like this is why i don't tell people i'm a wrestler <laughs> right you know, it's like always we that. are a bowling team yes or we're a quartet or whatever yeah. the lie simon gotch was telling people at waffle house and that's the thing is like i've so used that because mm-hmm. it's easier right I'll, there's this big guy in oklahoma named Riker, and a good worker like a super heavyweight though right. and i remember we were at a buffalo wild wings or somewhere and uh, someone said, like, what are you guys doing? And there's a bunch of us. I was like, we're bowling. We're bowlers, pro bowlers. And like, really? I was like, see that guy? Big turkey. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, one of the idiots is like, no, no, no we're, we're wrestlers. We're... And it's like, dude, that's, come on. You know? Improv 101, you never say no. You don't deny. Right. You just, just go with it. With you just it. roll with it, you know? And, and that's like, I know any WLW guy, if he walked in, if Superstar Steve Fender walked in from the door 
He's like, are you with the bowlers? She'd be like, yeah. <laughs> right. He would go with it. I must say, like, and maybe not now because it is a whole new crop of guys there. Sure. And a lot of them are, are good dudes, you know, just young young bucks. But they don't have that camaraderie because they don't travel as much as we did. Right. But, like, back then, any of those guys in the locker room and even older guys, Steve Fender and stuff, they, they just knew, like, yeah, I'm with the, I'm with the quartet. We're, we're a traveling quartet. There's eight of you. Yeah, sure, whatever. Like We tag in and out. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, they're going to say something. And, right. and that was just one of our little... One of our things is try to keep our sanity at Waffle House at two in the morning. You got to have fun with it, right? Because why else would a big group of people go to Waffle House at two in the morning <laughs> that aren't drunk? Right. It's <laughs> right. always something. But, dude, this has been a blast, man. Yeah, thank Thanks. you so much. I appreciate it. Appreciate you being on. Well, I. Recorded this closing once already. I didn't like it, so I thought, you know, my first episode, it's really got a, it's got a hit. I need a closing line. I need to hit all my facts, and so I wanted to restart it. So this is take two, which you will not hear take one because it has been deleted, never to be heard from again. But uh, first of all, thank you to Jack Gamble, uh, one of my best friends in the in the business, always has been a guy. I, I feel like I can go to with any issue, and I feel like he he knows the same. And it's important to have people like that. You know, uh, I've always heard that there's a lot of acquaintances in wrestling, and that's definitely true. Uh, but there's very few real friends, and I consider him a real friend. And there's a reason why he was episode one. Um, so I'm sure he'll be on again. Uh, I love chopping it up with him. I mean, it's it's effortless every time we talk. We can just go and go and go and tell stories. It's, it's what we do. It's what wrestlers do is we tell stories. And it's really fun to uh, sit back and talk with him. Check out his Pro Wrestling Tees store, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash High Level Enterprise. He's got a few shirts there. His tag team partner, John Webb. And uh, next week, Aaron Anders will be guest number two for episode two here on You Know It's Fake, Right? So it'll be really cool to talk with him. You know, he was brought up a couple times in the show. They have this little rivalry that they do on the podcast, which has always been fun about how uh, Gamble at the end of the post-credits. Because we're wondering where that's come from where that comes from. At the end of the post-credits, you hear, nailed it, perfect, put it on the internet. Gamble says that he put it on the internet part. That was an inside joke that me and Gamble had where we knew a guy who would do a lot of really bad wrestling promos, and I'm talking a lot of really bad wrestling promos, and just put them on YouTube. And we were like, dude, it's not it's not live. Like, don't, don't post the bad ones, you know, or edit them or do something. And so that's where the nailed it, perfect, put it on the internet, like, that was the joke, like, oh, it's so good, let's just put it out there. And it's like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that for? So, you know, that's just us having fun and uh, Gamble letting Aaron Anders know, hey, I've been on every episode besides episode one. And uh, that's where that comes from. So it's always fun to have those little inside jokes on the show. I do enjoy that. Uh, Aaron Anders will be guest two, like I said. Really, really fun talking with him. He's got a lot of interesting stories, too. And, you know, I think every take, like I said in the opening, Every take on this will be different. Every guy has different experiences. So every episode will kind of have its own feel. And that really is exciting to me. Um, if you guys enjoyed this show, I would definitely appreciate a rating and review. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Spotify. Those are the two main ones. I'm sure it's on other platforms. I don't really know that much. But it's on everywhere. So anywhere you want to find the podcast. Obviously you're listening to it. So you found it once, right? But um, if you want to check out other episodes, subscribing is the best way. I plan to drop a new episode every Monday morning. That is the plan. All my social media platforms, at Brian Breaker, ODR on Twitter, at Brian Breaker on Instagram. 
You can also find me on Facebook. I don't know the at for the Facebook, to be totally honest with you. But if you search out Brian Breaker, it's pretty easy to find. I haven't been super active on my Facebook fan page. I'm going to try to start doing that uh, in 2021 because I know that's another it's another following there that I have and I need to do that. But I, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm pretty bad about getting on the Facebook because... I don't know. It's just a lot of negativity out there in the social media world. So here's one thing I encourage everyone to do. Don't be negative on the social media world. Be positive. If you don't have something nice to say, maybe don't say anything at all. Maybe a little bit of zen. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. But I was trying to think of a way I wanted to close this show. And I think with keeping of the feel of what this is about, there's a quote I heard from uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper back in the day that he heard from Johnny Valentine, who, of course, was the, the uh, father of Greg the Hammer Valentine. And that quote was, I can't make you believe that wrestling is real, but I sure as hell can make you believe that I am. And I think that, that can go in a bunch of different directions depending on how you take it, whether it's in the ring or in life. So don't be fake, whether it's in the ring or in real life. Be real. I'm Brian Breaker. This has been You Know It's Fake Right. We'll see you next week. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Wonderful. I've been a rapper a minute, and I can stand toe to toe with the best of the minute. Don't give a damn about critics They talk a lot, but at the end of the night I'm selling the tickets All the tough guys avoid me The ladies all adore me Paparazzi record me I can put on a clinic All my opposers are born